International Poznań. Witamy, witamy wszystkich. To jest 102 i 7 FM w MC Radio and this is International Poznań. My name is Maximilian and I have for you a fantastic show. Mam nadzieję, że wszyscy mieliście fajne wakacje. Piotrek zaczął nasz nowy rok w International Poznań tydzień temu. Dzisiaj ja wracam z moich wakacji, z mojej przygody, ale my, ja nie jestem jedyną osobą. I'm not the only person that have had uh, an adventure. Uh, these last few weeks actually I have here with me a guest from the UK who's lived here in Poland in Poznan has traveled the country and has written a book a big welcome to Ben Aiken how are you going Jendobri pan kochamcha dziękuję dziękuję za za te słodkie słowa thank you so much how is your polish by the way ben It's better than it was before I arrived in Poland, let's just say that. It's not excellent. I've probably got the, the Polish of a six-year-old in a bad mood. Sześciolatek w złym humorze. No to nie brzmi piękne, ale jednak można się komunikować. We can still find a way to communicate. We will make this work today. We'll make this work. Dzisiaj porozmawiamy o twojej książce. We're going to talk about your book. What are the, some, some of the things that we can quickly expect uh, that we'll talk about today on the, on the show? We can expect discussion of a referendum, of a bumpy romance, so a complicated romantic narrative. We can, we can anticipate discussion of working in a fish and chip shop, being increasingly distressed doing so, working in a school, traveling the country, falling in love slowly and steadily with what is a complicated country, that's Poland. Czyli komplikacje życiowe w kompliko- skomplikowanym kraju. Uh, we have romance, ro- romantyczne przygody e, z dobrymi końcami, a mamy też e, różne, różne po prostu opowieści teraz. E, ja się bardzo cieszę, że powracamy tutaj naprawdę bardzo silno. We're, gonna ha- we're, gonna- we're coming in strong. Uh, we have uh, an incredible show waiting for everyone. Let's start with one of your selections. What is the first song? Is that David Bowie? Yes, please. David Bowie, Modern Love. Modern Love, an inspirational classic, uh, a nostalgic song uh, from your times here at Dragon. Yes, it reminds me of one particular evening in Dragon, the pub in the old town there. It still exists. I had some friends over to Poznan to run the half marathon and we were obviously exhausted and jubilant afterwards so we went to Dragon had one too many piva douges and piva this douges, yes. and when this song came on downstairs we all went wild and felt absolutely in love with each other and the city It's beautiful to jest jeden z wielu fajnych wspomnień które właśnie się łączy z tą książką every song that we will play today will be mentioned in the book the book called Chip Shop in Poznań, My Unlikely Year in Poland. A very exciting book for a very exciting show. Let's get to David Bowie. You're listening to 102.7 International Poznań here on MC Radio.
All right, all right, all right. That was David Bowie singing the classic song Modern Love. You're listening to 102.7 International Poznań. Tutaj na MC Radio 102.7 FM i ja jestem Maksymilian. Mam ze sobą Bena z Wielkiej Brytanii. Ben Aiken, welcome to the show. Thank you, Max. Mate, it is an incredible pleasure to have you because we have an outsider's perspective on Poland. You've written a book about it, Chip Shop in Poznań, My Unlikely Year in Poland. Uh, tell us, I mean, when you you write uh, you write a chronicle of your time in Poland, to jest kronika twojego czasu tutaj w Polsce, tak? Tak. Before I mention anything else, I should probably clarify and explain the title, the, the chip shop aspect of, of Poznan. Dokładnie, co to jest chip shop? It relates to what we call in the UK a fish and chip shop. Our fish national dish, for, for better or worse, is fish and chips. And I was offered a job here in Poznan to work in a Polish fish and chip shop, you know, frying fish and uh, frying chips. And I didn't want the job necessarily. I didn't have qualification. I'm useless in a kitchen, but the owner felt that I would be excellent at this job simply for being British. Po prostu, że wyglądałeś brytyjski. To była niby kwalifikacja, żebyś smażył ryby i robił frytki w takim... To jest, to jest wymagająca praca. That's, this is a very demanding job. Yes, it was demanding and it was stressful and it was chaotic and I was hopeless at it. Um, <laughs> Beznadziejny, tak? <laughs> right, Bo right. Bo to wymaga, to wymaga jakieś, jakieś tam uh, umiejętności. It requires some knowledge, right? You can't just, you just go, oi, you. You're perfect for the for the chip shop. But that's what well, happened. That, that's what happened and so we, we we I just got on with it and it was a you know a formative experience. It was uh, occasionally you know, stressful and emotional and mm-hmm. whenever I you know told myself just think about the money that made me felt made me feel even worse. Czyli czyli finansowo to może nie było dobrze wynagrodzone, ale spiritualnie, maybe spiritually, there were some lessons that you learned from this because this is um, this is a tough job. It's a stressful environment. Jest na pewno gorąco. Czy to jest prawda? Is it hot in there? It was hot because it was during the summer. You ah. learn a few things. You learn how to take all of the bones out of a, a cod in under a minute. You know you can. Czyli od mi się wydaje, że kod to jest dorsz, ale ale nasi słuchacze mogą potwierdzić, jaka to jest ryba dokładnie. Tylko wy, wyciąganie ości i kości z ryby. Okay. And I also used to practice uh, counting in Polish when I was peeling the potatoes. You know, uh, one number for every kind of swipe of the skin. Jeden, dwa, trzy, cztery. Czyli ile razy musiałeś obciąć, um, żeby żeby dojść jakby kompletnie ob, um, odkroić skórę od ziemniaka. How many times did you have to do it until you had a, a perfect potato? Usually about 84. 84, tak? Nauczyłeś się do 84. 84 strokes of the potato peeler to get the perfect spud. Um, but with time I got better and more efficient and I could practically do it in one go towards the end you know you can, there's a way of peeling a potato without ever taking off the peeler from the, the skin you know o pięknie i co tak ro, rolujesz ten ten ziemniak w ręce yeah, żeby to zrobić a little bit of magic and i would encourage the listeners to give it a go when they've got nothing else on in the evening e, tak pow, powtórzę teraz zachęcamy naszych słuchaczy e, kiedy kiedy nie macie nic do roboty no to zachęcamy e, weźcie pyrę i i krojcie 
To jest dobra, dobry skill, żeby mieć w życiu i, i nie bolałoby, żeby to mieć na CV. I think it wouldn't hurt to have that on your resume. No, not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Um, well, you've been in the chip shop. Uh, byłeś zatrudniony przez to, że po prostu wyglądasz brytyjski. You were, you were hired just because you are British. More or less, yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. But um, how long did you last in this chip shop? I lasted four months, but I wanted to quit after about half an hour. You know, uh, I, I, I wouldn't make a good soldier. You know, my my threshold for, for pain and suffering is remarkably low. Mm-hmm. No, I think that we all have a niską tolerancję do, do, do gorącej e, atmosfery. I to było w takim hipsterskim jeszcze, takim... Um, oh, it was, a, yeah, it was a great place. It was down by the river. It was a sort of pop-up, uh, hipsterish um, bar and restaurant. There was mm-hmm. an artificial beach, deck chairs, you know, uh, cocktails, takie, beers. Takie plażowe. Yeah, DJs from Berlin. So it was a, fu- it was a fun experience and absolutely uh, no regrets for it at all. I oczywiście to jest tytuł twojej książki, A Chip Shop in Poznań, ale oczywiście to nie tylko chodzi o tym, o tym jednym sklepie, bo ty cały kraj e, objechałeś. You, you saw a lot more of the country than just a chip shop. You spent a, an, an unlikely year here in the country. You know, you've had good times and you've had some difficult times. Uh, and in your book, you've, uh, you've quoted a song that, uh, that has helped you through some of these really hard times. Uh, Depeche Mode, was it? Depeche Mode, Enjoy the Silence, um, would seem to always crop up and appear and be on the radio or whatever when I was having a particularly low or difficult or troubling moment, because it's not straightforward and exclusively rewarding to, to, to move countries and start in a new place. And, to nie jest właśnie łatwe, no. Yeah, there's going to be moments when you're not feeling so great. And so this song, its emotional atmosphere is quite melancholic and it's to do with, you know, the, the, the difficulty of, of being um, out of words and in silence and feeling a little bit detached from uh, other people. I think that's going to resonate very well with uh, with everybody, uh, Polish, uh, English, and everyone in between. Mi się wydaje, że nasi rodacy i także Anglicy i każdy zagraniczny będzie wiedział, jak się czuje. Taka, takie momenty może samotności właśnie, byciem w innym kraju. No to posłuchajmy to właśnie. Depeche Mode, enjoy the silence. You're listening to 102.7 International Poznań here on MC Radio. Words like
Depeche Mode, enjoy the silence. You're listening to 102.7 International Poznan here on MC Radio with Maximilian and Ben Aiken. Welcome back, Ben. I'm still here. You're still here. Uh, we're still here for another couple of segments. You're not going anywhere. Now, this this last song, Depeche Mode, Enjoy the Silence, you know, describes uh, opowiada takie samotne chwile, byciem w innym kraju, jesteś daleko od domu. You're far away from home. Uh, and you traveled far away from home uh, from Portsmouth in the UK, is that right? Yeah, that's where I'm from, Portsmouth, on the south coast of England, that's right, yeah. Na, na, na południu Anglii, to jest takie miejsce, gdzie jest bardzo, mogę wyobrazić, że jest bardzo zielono, białe, białe skały, is it green grass and white cliffs? Ah, uh, not quite, that's no. more uh, southeast England, you know, Portsmouth is, uh, you know, and as far as I'm aware, there are no white cliffs of Portsmouth. Okay, okay, well, um, in that case, we're still far away from your house. Uh, so you you came all the way to Poland. I mean, what what uh, what made you think? All right, I really want to see Poland. Well, I, I, I certainly wanted to have an adventure or a misadventure. Mm-hmm. A misadventure, czyli taka anty anty przygoda. My instinct is always to go the wrong way, the wrong direction. If somebody suggests visiting Rome or Milan or Venice or somewhere like that, you know, I'd rather I'd go, rather go to, you know, Kazakhstan or Albania or somewhere whose reputation is a little, a little bit less glowing and, and positive because I think there's value to be had in visiting and experiencing places and things and situations that aren't commonly held to be excellent. Mm-hmm. Takie, takie miejsca nieznane oczywiście i też, też niedoceniane. Budzą z tego naprawdę fajne doświadczenia. Na przykład, no właśnie, no, czyli nie jest, nie jest aż tyle Brytyjczyków, co może chcielibyśmy, te turystów, co przyjeżdża do, do Polski, ale przyjechać do Polski. I you, you came to Poland unlike many, uh, many people from the UK usually travel to places like maybe Spain, uh, the yeah, United it's, States. It's, it's not the most common thing to do um, to, to visit Poland if you're, if you're a British person, to say nothing of to, to move here. And I was excited by being completely ignorant and stupid somewhere. I knew nothing about Poland, you know. Mm-hmm. If you'd shown me a picture of John Paul II and a picture of Lech Walesa, I wouldn't have been able to tell which was which, you know. And mm-hmm. so, rightly or wrongly, that degree of ignorance excited me because I was guaranteed an education. 
Yeah, I mean, a completely new, a new place. So, what happened? Did you uh, did you make plans to come here, or did you did you sort of just fly fly in? Did you just buy a guidebook at the airport and learn the language? What any preparation? No preparation. I was uh, in in the sauna when I decided to. Byłeś w saunie. To jest piękne, piękne miejsce, żeby zdecydować. It's a great place to make decisions. Yeah, and I'm sorry to put that image in anybody's mind. Um, I bought <laughs> the cheapest flight I could find uh, to a city I'd never heard of, and that was Poznan. And before I knew it, here I was in a, a new city, um, looking for a place to live, a place to work, and struggling to say things. I had a phrase book, so I was able to say the odd the odd thing I was able to make complaints about there not being enough pierogi on my plate or... Aha, czyli takie coś jest naprawdę w, w, w książce. You can actually find phrases like that in the in the guidebook? Yeah, it was a peculiar little guidebook. It would teach you some of the most... Apparently, they were everyday phrases, but I don't know mm. who says certain things like, you know, uh, please przyk- can you send a telegram to my cousin every day in Te- Polish? And... Telegram, tak? No, to jest ciekawe. Może, może byli pod wrażeniem, że nie mamy jeszcze telefonu. Maybe they were under the impression that we didn't have telephones. Uh... <laughs> well, that's, that, that's interesting because sometimes uh, people's perceptions of Poland can be a little bit out of date and, and limited because friends of mine including my and parents and they they said why on earth do you want to go to Poland you know do, do they even have electricity there or running water and they're being silly they're being facetious but nonetheless um i was un, i was under the impression that Poland's reputation it needed to be you kind of challenged somewhat and by moving to the country i was able to take the common sense and take those misconceptions and hopefully um do something to dismantle them Czyli po prostu są takie wszelkie wrażenia, co ludzie dostają o Polsce. There are certain impressions that people get. No są wrażenia, że nie mamy czegoś, że, nie, że może jesteśmy, no po prostu może do tyłu. Twoja misja była, żeby zobaczyć, żeby odkryć i żeby się dowiedzieć naprawdę, co się dzieje. You really just wanted to find out what's going on. Yeah, I wanted to. Of course I understood that. Poles were leaving the country since 2004 when Poland joined the EU to to seek work elsewhere, be that in Germany or France, Iceland, and then in the UK. So that changing relationship with Britain, you know, that was a a further sort of encouragement to go the other way and be a sort of reverse migrant, an unlikely immigrant in Poland and, and come back with a better understanding and a bigger picture of this of this country. No i twoja książka opowiada wszystko e, właśnie o twoim zrozumieniu. Your book really describes uh, a lot of colorful scenes uh, and you, it helped build an understanding of Poland. I hope so. I hope so. You really I'm only st- scratching the surface. I'm only offering a very uh, limited partial a picture of the country it's hard for any any visitor any guest in a place to gain a full and complete sense of a country but all you can do is travel is talk listen and try and express honestly the feelings you had and the impressions that you made uh, with with a with a reader and that that's what i've set out to do um You've you've um, you've done a lot of things. You've uh, you've fallen in love. Zakochałeś się, byłeś w, w, na polskim weselu, pracowałeś w, w sklepie z frytkami i z, z rybami, fish and chips. 
byłeś naprawdę w innych miejscach. But tell us, um, tell us about this Polish wedding that you attended. I want to I hear about this. Okie dokie. Um, my flatmate, Anna Jędrzejczak, I, I, I lived with her in Jeżytce. Yeah, yeah, it is fine, eh? Certainly, uh, some bits more than others. <laughs> so I lived with Anna and a couple of others, and Anna was invited to a wedding, and she said that she needed somebody to go to go with her. Ah, plus uh, mm-hmm. And I was I was available, so she uh, gave me some dancing lessons, and she made me practice eating lots of food and, and drinking lots of vodka in preparation. She she's a beautician, you see, so she even gave me a facial. I don't know if you know what one of those is. Uh, facial, czyli makijaż, jakieś tam czyszczenie, depilację skóry na twarze, coś takiego. Yeah, it's, facial? Nice. it's when they do an experiment on your face until aha, experiment, they, aha. until they're happy with the results. And so she had to dig so far down in in search of beauty that by the end of it, I, you know, I was you know ready to jump off the top of a building. Uh, you were also ready to uh, to jump into a Polish wedding, so. Uh... And it was wonderful. I'd heard lots of things about Polish weddings. They say that they're extravagant and they're indulgent and they go on for about seven years. And I wasn't disappointed. You know, I ate more galonka than I, you know, I, I care to remember. And we had a good old dance. And yeah, it was a, you know, generally a wonderful time. All right, let's give it a go. Well, I want to hear uh, one of the songs that you, you played on there. Uh, this one is called uh, Nogi by Czarno Czarni, a disco polo hit. Uh, mi się wydaje, że to jest właśnie bardzo dobry um, takie wskoczenie właśnie do polskiego wesela. Welcome to the Polish wedding here on International Poznań 102.7 with Maximilian and Ben. See you very soon. Nie chcę pisać wierszy na klatce Nie pójdziemy razem do kina Chociaż świetna z ciebie dziewczyna Nie chcę chodzić z tobą po górach Nie chcę pisać lowe na murach Nie zaproszę cię do mnie na wino Chociaż jesteś świetną dziewczyną Ale jedno czego chcę I ty o tym dobrze wiesz Chowasz tę cudowną rzecz Tę, o której tylko śnie Chcę oglądać twoje nogi, chcę byś założyła mini, ślimak dziś wystawił rogi, a ty pokaż swoje nogi. Chcę oglądać twoje nogi, chcę byś założyła mini, ślimak dziś wystawił rogi, a ty pokaż swoje nogi. Chodzić z tobą po parku Nie chcę słuchać śpiewu kanarków Nie pójdziemy razem do kina Chociaż świetna z ciebie dziewczyna Nie chcę listów miłosnych wysyłać Nie chcę serca na drzewach wycinać Nie zabiorę cię do mnie na wino Chociaż jesteś świetną dziewczyną Ale jedno czego chcę Alright, that was Nogi by Czarno Czarni. You're listening to 102.7 International Poznań here on MC Radio with Maximilian and... And, and Benjamin, I'm still here. Jestem tutaj jeszcze. Jesteś tutaj jeszcze i, i co? Czy myślisz, że możemy porozmawiać po polsku, czy, czy lepiej po angielsku? Lepiej po angielsku. Um, 
ale lubię mówić po polsku, ale nie piękny. No, w- wydaje mi się, że to jest bardzo dobre. Twoja umiejętność polskiego języka i na pewno się przydał, jak podróżowałeś przez Polskę. I'm sure it came in handy, your level of Polish, which is good. Uh, upon traveling around Poland, because you weren't just in Poznań, right? No, I tried to get around the country as much as possible in, in pursuit of a wider understanding of the place and also in pursuit of you know, having, having fun. There's nothing more exhilarating and rewarding than arriving in places you haven't got a clue about and mm-hmm. stepping off a train and walking around a, a place for the first time. And Yeah, so I was very keen to get on the road and have a look at Poland. Czyli no naprawdę, żeby się dowiedzieć więcej o kraju, no to okej, okay. Poznań jest fajny, Poznań jest najlepszym miastem na świecie, it's the greatest city in the world, uh, Poznań, but of course you need to see other cities. Uh, so what, what are some of the, what are the highlights, jakie są takie, takie fajne ciekawostki z innych miast? Highlights and lowlights. Um, uh, definitely, I'll, I want to hear lowlights too. Well, let's start with a lowlight. I was in Wrocław and I'd had one too many um, to drink and... Duże piwo. Uh, I was encouraged by a young lady to um, enter a bar and, and have a sort of uh, language exchange with her. She said she, she wanted to speak English. Oh, okay. So I thought that was, well, that was a very charming offer at four o'clock in the morning. So I entered this bar and it happened to be um, hmm, some sort of strip club. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And before I knew it... Two hours later, I was uh, waking up. You know, I think I'd been drugged or something like that, and with only my socks on. Wow! Wow! That, now that's an experience. Yeah. So that's a that was a low light. That's that's that definitely. And I like certainly a don't want to suggest that that experience is is representative of of all kind of um, such establishments in Poland. I was probably just very unlike unlucky, and very uh, naive. But nonetheless, that was that was in Wrocław, which. Otherwise, it's a fantastic city, you know, comparable to Poznan in a way that it's got a gorgeous old square. It's it's on the river Odra there, and it's got a real energy and a youthfulness to it, as well as a remarkable history. Wrocław has a great reputation, uh, a beautiful city, so uh, if, much fun. Uh, yeah, any any listeners here in Poznan that haven't taken that uh, three-hour train journey down to Wrocław, I encourage them to do so. Another interesting experience was in Krakow. I stayed with 12 nuns in a 14th century abbey. O, pięknie. Mi się wydaje, że to się nazywa zakon siostry z XIV czy XV wieku. And and, uh, how how did that happen? What's going on down there is... The roof is uh, the roof is in not bad, not good shape, and so to raise money to re- help fund repairs, they're letting out or renting rooms in the in the abbey. So it's a sort of like an Airbnb slash Catholic experience. Only I didn't know bef- until I arrived that you you're expected to be a Catholic to to stay there. So there was an awkward moment when I had to admit I was neither a Protestant nor a Catholic. And uh, was this during check-in or check-out? This was during dinner, you know, uh, Mother Stefania had just put a plate of uh, liver and potatoes in front of me and then told me, you know, what uh, what re- you know denomination of Christianity I was and I had to kind of uh, take a deep breath and admit my atheism. Uh, did uh, did that affect your uh, your welcome at the uh no, ble- no, bless her, she was she was very good. Um, she said this is a broad church and you're more than welcome. Brilliant. I mean, uh, and this was Krakow. 
This was Krakow, just outside Krakow, yeah. So if anybody's uh, keen for some um, time with uh, a dozen sisters, they should head down there. Jak to się nazywa to miejsce? Uh, what, what is the name of this abbey? Uh, Staniątki. Staniątki. Staniątki w Krakowie, jeśli ktoś e, potrzebuje nocleg, no, no to za, zachęcamy do, do zakonu, chyba tak się nazywa. E, no i trochę historii się dostanie i, i, i też e, wątróbkę i, i, i pyry. Sounds like, a, sounds like a great experience. I was just um, going uh, through, through Spain, actually. I was doing the Camino de Santiago and uh, we actually found accommodation uh, just inside Santiago in what used to be a seminary. So, uh, w seminarium znaleźliśmy, tam był hostel i właśnie to jest też takie fajne doświadczenie, bo to są stare budynki, these are old buildings. So it's, it's more, um, I, guess, I guess it's great because it's not just uh, accommodation, but you have some history behind it. It's, and you save some money, right? Sure, and, and you assist at the, the, the abbey or the church's efforts to, to raise money to repair, you know, things that aren't in, in great shape. No i właśnie, so... i pomagasz, pomagasz w, reper- w naprawieniu, no to, no to super. A jakieś inne miejsca, some other, some other fantastic places like this? I love just about every city I visited in, in Poland. I think of Łódź, that's a, another Łódź. fantastic city with a reputation which isn't the best, you know, people say it's not the most beautiful, it's, you know, post-industrial. No, Łódź ma mieszaną reputację, to jest prawda. Um, what kind of... Uh, but but did, you, did you have fun there? Did you find a place to have fun? I had a great time in uh, the main street, Piotrkowska, I think it's called. It's one of the longest streets in Europe and it's about three miles long and at the top of it they've got this restored and renovated old cotton factory called Fabrica and mm-hmm. the city's full of history and it's the uh, the Manchester of uh, of Poland that's right I remember going to a museum and, and reading that it was considered the Manchester of, of, of Poland because of what it was doing with cotton you know so many people move to Łódź to earn a living and make their fortune and yeah which is an example Katowice is another one Szczecin you know Gdansk Sopot Białystok where Ludwig Zamenhof came from um, he was the man that invented Esperanto the universal language czyli Esperanto było stworzone w Białymstoku yeah and he he, he started trying to engineer this universal language this was 19 early 1900s when he was a teenager most teenagers as you know watching love island or you know playing football and young ludwig zamenhof was trying to create a new language so that people might get on a bit better. Właśnie, to jest taki fajny przykład tych e, właśnie tych geniuszów technologicznych, co tworzą jakieś aplikacje mając dopiero mając tylko 22 lata i potem są miliarderzy. They, it seems like the early rendition of the uh, those young tech billionaires when when you think, ah, oh, what, what am I doing with my life? This man invented uh, an application that helps you peel potatoes and now is a billionaire in uh, California and he's 24. So this, this uh, Ludwig Zamenhof is like an early version of this. Quite right. And although it's not maybe f- fashionable these days to celebrate diversity, um, Zamenhof was of the mind that we needed to bring, bring each other onto the same page. And one way to do that was uh, to 
devise and create a shared tongue. He, he fancied that we'd, we'd be able to understand and sympathize with each other more if we had a shared language. And very, very nearly the language of Esperanto was, um, became the official language of the League of Nations, which was the precursor to the United Nations. Właśnie. But it was vetoed by the French at the last minute. Otherwise, it would have been an official language and conceivably everybody in the world now, a hundred years later, would have had Esperanto as their second language. And But I, I want to talk about that in the next segment, because while you're talking about diversity, togetherness, a lot of big events, Brexit, uh, Trump, big political changes uh, took place uh, while you were here. Got to get to the music. Can I propose a song? Absolutely, you can propose a Given song. Given that we've touched on the idea of diversity and mixtures coming together to produce something wonderful, mm -hmm. there's a great song called Bigos Heart by... Timon and the Transistors, and it's all about the you know the famous national stew, which is bigos, which is you know bringing together all of these fantastic, different and disparate elements and creating something wonderful. To jest bardzo, bardzo głęboka analiza jedzenia, który jest bardzo, bardzo tworzy dywizję, mi się wydaje. I think it's a, it's a deep analysis of a food that potentially causes many divisions. I being one of the people that don't really like bigos, ale ale lubisz bigos, tak? Kocham. Kochasz Bigos. No to, no to dobra, no to ja nie mogę, nie mogę przestać, już muzyka gra. To jest Bigos Heart by Timon and the Transistors. You're listening to 102.7 International Poznań here on MC Radio. Z 
smacznego. To był uh, Bigos Heart by Timon and the Transistors. You're listening to 102.7 International Poznań here on MC Radio with Maximilian and Benjamin. Benjamin, welcome back to the show. Dzisiaj rozmawiamy z Benem, który jest z, z Anglii i właśnie stworzył Fantastyczną książkę. Chip Shop in Poznań. My unlikely year in Poland. To jest kronika twojego, twojego bycia tutaj w Polsce przez cały rok. Uh, actually, the book uh, describes a lot more than just a chip shop in Poznań. To jest, to jest opowieść o całym kraju i twoich przygody i antyprzygody tutaj. Tell me, is this some... Uh, is this a, a journal or is this like a like an analysis? What kind of book is this? It's a, it's a diary. It's a diary. Yeah, it's a diary. Journey. I kept a diary every day when I was living in Poland slash Poznan for a year. I would write about small things, big things, political things, domestic things. And then towards the end of the year, I got a feeling that I had something on my hands here. You know, a story that was... Uh, had variety and it had some kind of energy it had some low moments some high moments and that's when i started to think well maybe i could turn this into a chronicle a, a non-fiction narrative uh, a sort of travel book it's a little bit of this and a little bit of that you've got uh, i mean you have uh, essentially you've written uh, six journals uh, that you created into this book yeah i came back from Poland with six journals and a, my first task was to transcribe them. And I ended up with 500,000 words, which is the equivalent of about six copies of War and Peace. <laughs> and, fr and frankly, that's not good at all. So War and Peace is known as a very long book. Uh, yeah, yeah. So nobody wants to read about 1,400 pages of somebody's diaries, not, not even if the diarist was Anne Frank or Adrian Mole. <laughs> so my next task was then to uh, really hack into the the first draft and and find those bits which I felt had value. You are uh, speaking of values. I mean, this this is a um, this is a book that is not just a diary, right? Because you you go into this. Um, you describe your experiences while there is a lot going on in the world. Dużo się działo w całym świecie podczas twojego jednego roku, który, w którym byłeś w Polsce. Byłeś od um, kwietnia 2016, April 2016, until March 2017. Yeah, more or less. So I arrived two, two months before the referendum was due to take place in Britain regarding its membership of the EU. The Brexit referendum. That's the one. And I left when then Prime Minister Theresa May triggered Article 50, which was the formal commencement of the Brexit process. So for me, that was a good moment to turn my back on Poland and return home. Czyli, czyli tak prawie symbolicznie, jak, jak tylko artykuł 50 się zmobilizował, czy można tak nazywać, to wtedy wróciłaś do Anglii. No ale, ale byłeś tutaj podczas wielkich zmian na świecie. You were here throughout many big changes in the world. Changes like like Brexit, and uh, how did do you think pe uh, people's attitudes towards you changed? Because you were here before, and you were here after the results. Yeah, largely, no, they didn't change. No, I only met decency and and kindness and tolerance. But every mm -hmm. country has one or two dipsticks. If you're familiar with that, with that term, D dipsticks, uh, chili. Mm. 
No, nie znam jakby... Idioty. No, idiotów, no tak. No. So you get one or two anywhere, and I think what happened after Brexit, Polish people in the UK didn't feel welcome anymore. Rightly, rightly or wrongly. And there were one or two incidents of uh, Polish people in the UK being uh, the victims of uh, abuse, be that f physical or verbal. And so what was being learned in Poland was that the Poles in the UK were somewhat under attack. Były, były, były właśnie raporty, że były yy, okazje, kiedy Polacy nie czuli się yy, no, za dobrze traktowani w Wielkiej Brytanii po, po wyniku referendum. Mhm. So what happened is when I walked into a cafe or a bar and ordered something in English, I was more likely to upset somebody. And that happened in a bar in Wrocław. I went in and ordered a, a cranberry juice in English and the man next to me turned around and said, you know, why shouldn't I kill you? Tak naprawdę powiedział. Taki naprawdę just straight ahead. And I said, well, like I'm a little bit busy right now for a start. And then we ended up talking about, you know, what had distressed him. And he, he referenced the, the killing of a Polish man just outside of London. And then I reinforced that, you know, I love Poland. I'm, I'm in, all in all ways a, a peaceful person. And we ended up raising a glass to, to each other. But nonetheless, it was an indication that news stories, you know, they, they are influential. And so if news travels from the UK to Poland and the message that news contains is that the Poles in the UK are having a hard time. That has real consequences in the country. And um, do you think, uh, I mean, more people obviously coming back from the UK um, back to Poland than there are Polish people going to the UK. Um, but, but on the most part, people have been warm to you. People have been, even though despite this this Brexit result. Bo ten, ten wynik naprawdę dał takie wrażenie, że Brytania czuje się bardzo oddalona od, od, od Europy. It gave people the impression of Brexit, uh, at least symbolically, that Britain doesn't feel European anymore, doesn't feel like our neighbor. Yeah, that's right. And that's, uh, that, that explains why there was some, some backlash when I was out and about in Poland as as a British person, mm -hmm. and you, you can understand why that would have been the case. But it's worth uh, reiterating that largely nothing changed, and ninety nine point five percent of people aren't interested in in being antagonistic. They're not interested in being prejudiced. Mm -hmm. They're only interested in in kind of boring cooperation. You know, think about when you're walking down the street or you're driving your car how reliant the whole thing is upon everybody's general peacefulness. If one person driving their car had an intent to cause harm or chaos, you'd soon know about it. No, 99.9% .9 even of people just want to get from A to B safely. They just want to, you know, pass, pass through life in a, in a peaceful, tolerant, a decent way. And uh, I think... That's an important thing to remind oneself of because if you just pay attention to news stories, you you're given the impression that the world is a frantic and hostile and, and pejorative place, and you 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 don't leave your your you know leave your house for fear of being attacked by one thing or or another. When the reality, I think, is that we're we're far better than sometimes we give ourselves credit for.
Couldn't agree with you more. With that being said, uh, you've gone through other changes here. You have been here in the country while other changes have happened uh, in the world. Uh, you were here in, and then in November in 2016. Yes, I was in Lublin and President Trump arrived with the snow. I woke up. I padał śnieg, kiedy President Trump stał się prezydentem. Yeah, quite appropriately. Um, I woke up one morning and I pulled the curtains and Lublin was just transformed. It was covered in snow and I turned the radio on and news came through the speaker of Trump's election. So that was a shock as well. And I was desperate to meet an American that day to talk about it, to see how it happened, you know, if no. they could explain. Jak oni się czują, no. So I did a little Google search and found a, a place in Lublin called American Corner. American Corner, Amerykański Kącik. Yes, I didn't, know if it, I didn't know if it was a restaurant or a cafe or a cultural center. Czy jakiś mirage po prostu, some kind of mirage. Quite. And so I just jumped on the bus and headed towards it, you know, desperate to speak and chat with an American. And uh, and did you did you find any Americans? No, because American Corner is just a bit of the the library in one of the suburbs of Lublin where they've got copies of Time magazine and National Geographic and a few posters of Goofy and Daffy Duck and stuff. <laughs> so, so quite a disappointing uh, journey, I, I, I can imagine. It was, but I had a moment, if you'd like me to introduce an, another song, I had a moment when I was searching for American Corner, when I was reminded of uh, a song by, beautiful song by Simon and Garfunkel called America. I love it, I love it. Let's play it right now. This is America by Simon and Garfunkel. You're listening to 102.7 International Poznan here on MC Radio. That was America by Simon and Garfunkel. You're listening to 102.7 International Poznan here on MC Radio with Maximilian and... I'm still Benjamin and I'm still here. You're still here, we're still here for our final segment, nasz ostatni segment, kiedy opowiadamy właśnie o twojej książce A Chip Shop in Poznań, My Unlikely Year in Poland. To jest kronika o Polsce, o twoim po prostu przygodach i antyprzygodach w, w tym kraju. Jakby taka antyemigracja, imigracja, 
po prostu naprawdę coś wyjątkowego. To jest this is a diary, a, um, an actual first person account of your time here in Poland. Now you came over from the UK uh, amidst lots of changes in Europe. Europe is going through uh, a sort of taki trochę kryzys uh, średnim uh, wieku, średniego wieku, like a midlife crisis in a way. There's a lot of uh, Politics is a bit crazy right now, and you were here when Brexit was happening. So you came at a very interesting time, right? I'm not sure. Maybe if you had a, a similar referendum in any European country about the virtues or lack thereof of the European Union, yes. you'd have a similarly, a similarly close and keenly fought contest. The stupid thing that Britain done was to actually offer the people a referendum. It was, um, you know, it's a highly contentious issue, the very idea of this referendum. It's, uh, uh, and it's changing and it's still going on now and the news will probably not change next week. Right now we're just enjoying a nice calm Sunday, but who knows? Who knows what's going to happen tomorrow? Nobody is sure. And this book explains this in a way. It's this uncertainty being... Uh, Uh, just this confusion, right? Yeah, it, it doesn't explain uh, anything. I, I don't attempt or presume to be a political scientist or analyst, yes. uh, but what it does contain are my my instincts and my my hunches and my emotional um, responses to what was happening. And simply put, it did seem like um, Europe was... Uh, pretty pretty nonsensical and yet this stuff is incredibly influential and evocative and emotive mm. and before you know it you know you got people that are at loggerheads and they're there yeah. there's a lot of division in this world uh, a lot of craziness uh, tak naprawdę jesteśmy uh, bardzo otoczeni dużo informa- antyinformacji co co naprawdę nas po prostu rozdziela ta książka nie będzie udawała, że to jest jakaś analiza, ale daje taką perspektywę naszego świata, no po prostu, że powinniśmy być razem. It teaches us a little bit of togetherness and I think that's what we need right now. Now your book, you uh, upon coming back to the UK, you took the long way. You, uh, you, you went to Cologne uh, by car, you took the ferry uh, to, uh, to Hull in the UK and when you were there, you were traveling back to London, I think it was, you were saying and you you stopped at a Polish butcher shop. To był dobry koniec, taki mi się wydaje, taki nie koniec twojej książki, ale taka po prostu takie um, doświadczenie. I wanted to travel back the long way. Yes. I didn't want to take a flight because it would feel too abrupt and mm-hmm. unsatisfying. I wanted to I wanted my departure to kind of stretch and uh, elongate and I wanted to get a sense of what it was that Britain symbolically at least was detaching itself from. Mm-hmm. So I traveled through Germany, the Berlin Wall, through Cologne and into Brussels. I popped into the European Union's headquarters and nobody was there because it was uh, Easter Monday or something like that. That's symbolic trochę. Yeah, symbolic to an extent. And then ended up in the northeast of England, having traveled by ferry across the channel there. And I wanted to have a wander around and I found this Polish butcher and 
I got talking to the, to the owner, a lady, and she was so pleased that I'd been to Katowice. She was so pleased that I knew where she was from that she insisted that I had a free gherkin, you know, a free sour cucumber. Dar, darmowy ogórek kiszony. And, and that small gesture hinted at a, a sort of emotional and ethical logic. You know, the more we know of each other, the more we move, the move, the more we share, the more willing and ready we are to be kind and good to one another. And that was a good note for me to finish on and the book to finish on. Pięknie. No to jest i oczywiście nie, to nie jest jakiś spoiler, e, tylko raczej po prostu taka, taka nauczka. We, we can't call that a spoiler, uh, but, uh, but definitely a key lesson. Taka naprawdę nauczka, że tym więcej znamy o siebie, tym więcej po prostu wygrywamy. The more we know each other, the more we win. Yeah, I definitely think we can't call that a spoiler, the revelation that I was given a free gherkin in whole. Um... <laughs> Ale to jest, mi się wydaje, to jest pierwszy raz, kiedy robimy wywiad, gdzie mówimy koniec książki. This is the first time I think I've done an interview where I've spoken of the end of the book. Um, but, uh, but I love it. Naprawdę zachęcamy wszystkich do, no, do znajdywania tej książki. A Chip Shop in Poznań, My Unlikely Year in Poland jest na każdej stronie i, i umieścimy tą stronę na naszym Facebooku, gdzie można dostać tego. To też będzie, jest możliwe, że to nawet odbędzie się na ekranie. It's possible it's going to be on the big screen or the small screen, on, on a screen. Yeah, potentially. Somebody's bought the rights to adapt it for the screen. Perfect. Uh, God only knows what they're, they're, what they're planning and probably not even God. Um, but I like to think that if somebody was going to play me, it would be someone rather dynamic and hilarious who, yes. and handsome. So yeah. who do you, you want to play you? No, maybe what? Will Smith. Will Smith, I think a uh, perfect fit. Uh, well, definitely Bill, uh, Will Smith going from Hitch to, uh, to, to Poznań. I think these are great transitions. Um, is, there, is there talk of maybe a sequel? There's talk, but um, it's only talk. You know, someone's encouraged me to, to write a sequel called The Barber of Gdansk and go up, go up north and, you know, learn how to hairdress and... Um, But I've got a new book on the go, and it's it's not to do with Poland, unfortunately. It's about traveling around the UK, but with people that are in their 70s and 80s and 90s. So the unusual element for the new book is traveling with people that are older than you and trying to learn something from them. Perfect. Well, uh, well, I look really forward to discussing that one as well. I guess on our next one, because we're uh, we're unfortunately out of time right now, but we've, we're really excited about this. Okay, can I suggest one song to finish on? Absolutely. Oczywiście, że możemy. Kończymy na tej pozytywnej nutce, na o tej piosence. Yes. It sort of hints at a lot of the themes that we've discussed about um, non-conformism and contrariness and going the wrong way and being defiant and thinking for oneself. Byciem rebeliantem może? Mm-hmm. And it's called uh, He's a Rebel and it's by The Crystals and it, it's, it's a lovely upbeat uh, message to finish on. Mm, he's a Rebel by The Crystals. Well, I like. We'll end the show on that note. Uh, you're listening to 102.7 International Poznań here with Maximilian and... Jestem Benjamin. Dzięki bardzo. Do zobaczenia. I do zobaczenia. Thank you.